the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Hello, my name is Bruya Katz and I'm 11 years old. Coming up on Hi Kids, I'm going to be speaking to Gary Sampson. He is from Viva Rope Access. I will be speaking to him in a little while. So stay tuned, tongue twister, to challenge your mouth. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 and please sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. Get ready for an exciting song, exciting show on Kids today. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Bruya Kat and I'm 11 years old. This is my first day and I would really like you to come and say hi. To say hi. I have Gary Sampson with me from Viva Rope Access. So send your questions to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Gary. Good afternoon, how are you? Good and you? Fine, thank you. Good, thanks. Okay, can you please tell us what Weaver Rope Access is and what a CEO does? Okay, so let's start off firstly. A CEO is a Chief Operations Officer who runs the company. Okay, so that's one step on its side, one phase on its own. Viva Rope Access is a company that I started approximately four and a half months ago. However, I was employed by a previous company for over five years as an operational manager. And what do we do, you asked? Well, you've, when you ask about Rope Access, a lot of people think we clean windows, but it's a lot more to cleaning windows. We abseil down buildings. In fact, let's go back a little bit. Rope Access actually starts with rescue. So all these people that go mountain climbing, they use Rope Access if there's a rescue. You've often seen the police helicopters using people abseiling down from ropes on the helicopters. So it's all around the same basis. What we've done is we've taken rope access to the next level. Where instead of doing alterations on a building, for example, and you're putting up scaffolding, we now abseil down the building and we're able to do any task what's possible hanging off ropes. Wow, that is amazing. And can you tell our listeners, please, where you're located? I'm located in Glen Hazel, um, and I've been here for four and a half months, but we're hoping to move shortly to Edenvale. Thank you. Uh, when did you, what do you, who are your clients? Okay, so the clients vary. We've got body corporates, we've got the banks, we've got all the big um, entities such as GrowthPoint, um, Redefine, Redcon. These are some of the clients that we do work for. That's really cool. Um, I, you said you clean windows. It isn't just cleaning windows, right? Can you tell us more about it, please? Okay. So what we did, what we do is we go to a building and we'd have a look at the building. Now, especially if we look at Santon today, most of the buildings have got glass facades. So what they do, I like to do is once we recommend once twice a year to actually go down and wipe the windows clean using water or osmosis water and clean the windows clean so that there's no shine and it's great. However, it expands because because of glass and being in the sun, 
When you get two pieces of glass butt together, you've got a rubber seal in between. And that rubber seems to perish after a couple of years. So we use a product called Seeker. And we go, we remove the old joints, and we seal brand new joints using the Seeker product, which is very time-consuming and very expensive to do. But at least you know those glass, that glass that's up there is safe. Yes, that is very, very good to do that. Um, so how do you get to very high windows, to clean very high windows? The first access, we have to get onto the roof. And we go get onto the roof, and before we do any job, we send what we call, there are three different levels of people that work on rope. You've got an entry-level worker, which is a level one. You've then got somebody with more experience, which is a level two. And then you've got the top of the range, the level three. He's entitled to do re- rescues at height. He can do everything. He also checks the anchor points. So if we go onto a roof and there is no place where we can put anchors in, we actually drill, use a Yilti chemical, fit our own anchors, and then we hang off that once he is certified that it's safe to hang off. Very, very cool. And how do you ensure the safety of the man that is on the roof? Okay, so when you think that you're coming down a rope, okay, rope access is very, very safe because he's coming down on two ropes. So he sits in his harness, which is the um, all the rigmarole that he wears with all the shackles and the bottom. He then sits in a seat, and this is all attached to the one rope with what we call a stop. Now, the guys that do mountain climbing, they've got what they call a figure eight, and they use that. We use a stop. It's much easier to work with, and especially if you think that the guys go up on a rope and they sit there for eight hours a day, it's a long time to be hanging, and that's why they've got a seat that they actually sit on. The second rope is where they carry their backup system. So they've got another stop which is attached to that rope. So should the one fail, the second one will catch him. So it is very, very safe to to do it. That is extremely interesting. Um, How many people work for you? Currently, I've got a staff of 12, but we, as needed, so we take them because they are very highly paid staff. They're all skilled. They all come fully trained. And it's not like you just take somebody off the street and give him a job. This is somebody that goes to do a course. A rope access course takes a week. Before he can do that, he has to do uh, a medical to make sure that he's fit to work at heights. He then has to do a um, working at heights certificate, which is a three-day course. And then he does the rope access course. And then he builds on hours like you're doing diving or flying. You build your hours until you can get to the next level. And do you offer anything else to your clients? We offer everything to our client. When I take a job on, we marry you because we're going to be back to do that job again and again and again. Not because it's been done badly. It's because the way we treat our jobs is it's personal. If we leave that job, it's as if we were doing that job for ourselves. And that's how I leave the the industry. That's very, very interesting. Can you tell me about your typical day? My typical day? I wake up at about 6 in the morning, I go to the computer, I see what jobs have to be done, I have a look what material has to be ordered, I see what appointments have to be met, then I would put that all into the diary, and when the guys come to work at half past 7, I've got teams that go out to the actual jobs, and then I go out to most of the quoting, where we do a quotation, where we take pictures of the buildings, we measure them up, we come back, we document them, we give them what we su- suggest, if it's a painting for a building, I get people like Plascon involved so that there is a guarantee. And all our work is guaranteed by 10 years minimum from all our suppliers. 
And do you do jobs yourself or just your workers? Like cleaning windows and renovations, painting, or just your workers? I think just by getting out of bed in the morning, that's a job on its own. <laughs> no, I don't go on the ropes anymore. Firstly, because of the age. Secondly, my weight factor. So, no, I don't go on the ropes, but I do go to the jobs and I do get onto the roofs and I do advise, etc., etc. And what is the most difficult part of your job? Oh, that's quite a question. The most typical part of the job, it's like building, I don't know if you remember, when we were small, we had a Makana set. And the, the, in a way, it's like building a Makana because you've got to go up onto the roof and you've got to find places that you're going to hang a rope off that is safe enough to hang somebody's life on. So it's a lot of challenges. If you're not sure, you get second opinions. And as I say, we use the backups by putting our own anchors in. What do you love most about your job? Satisfaction. When you've finished a job and you can stand back and you can look at a building in Santon City and you can say, wow, I've just cleaned those windows or I've just changed the glass on the 22nd floor or I've just waterproofed the facade of this building. The amount of um, joy you get out of that, money actually can't purchase that. This is Chakids for Kids Bakids. My name is Bruria Cat and I'm 11 years old. Today I have Gary Sampson from Viva Rope Access in studio with me. If you have any questions for him, you can send an SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019 or call 140 Let's carry on with the questions, Gary. No problem. You mentioned that you couldn't go on the ropes anymore. How heavy would you say you have to be to go on the ropes? I would say that you shouldn't be more than about 120 kilos to go on the rope. And that one of the other things that we also brought in in the company that I was at before is a person can go down the building on their own on a rope. But we've import, there's a lot of policies that we bring into the companies. And one of the policies uh, that was brought in by the late Fabian Grenz, which we now use all over, is what we call a buddy system. Which means before anybody goes over the side of the building, there'll be four ropes, two per person. And coming back to the word buddy, he will have a buddy that will go down with him. Now, the job of that buddy is A, to check that all his equipment is correct, and then he will check all the buddy's equipment. And that way we know that it's 100% safe to go down. That is very clever. And how high has either yourself or an employee been on one of those ropes? The highest that I know to date that one of our employees from the previous company has been is approximately 250 meters in the air. And that was in Uppington at the power stations. Wow, that is... Very high. I'm sure lots of people would be way too scared to go that high, even with buddies and very strong ropes. Um, talking about that, what type of ropes do you use? Okay, we use two types of ropes. We use an 11 millimeter static rope to actually go down. And then we use another rope that's more of an elastic in it for uh, abseiling or, for example, if we're going to aid, going from one spot to another spot, we have three pieces of two meters each, which is it's a bit of an elastic, which allows us to, to aid and to get to another place. 
So you basically like swing on vines. Similar to your song that you played earlier from the Jungle Book, we from the Jungle Book. <laughs> okay. Um, what is, you brought a whole lot of stuff into studio. What are these, I can see these things, they look a bit like handcuffs. What do you use those for? Okay, those are called carabiners. Now, as I said to you earlier, there are lots of different jobs that we do. For example, one of the new things that's been taking place is if you take a company like the breweries or Nestle or um, what another a company that cannot close their, their plant down. So, for example, you take the breweries where they've got all these bottles and they're filling up with beer all the time, but they cannot ever switch those machines off because it costs too much money. But now above that, they need to clean the roofs and they need to paint and do all sorts of alterations. So what, the, what we've come up with is a netting system that we put on top of all of that while the machines are going. And the carabiners actually clip around the net and we find space to where they can tie themselves in. So it's like a lock, but it's a, a rope access lock. So I can see now that you're saying there's this little twisty thing that you can adjust. It's a safety feature, yes, safety. so that it can't come off. It's very cool. And I see you bought a helmet. Yep. Why, why a helmet? Why can't you just use like a bicycle helmet or something? Okay, if you put the helmet on, you'll see it's got special straps. It's also built differently around the ears because you can't be on the rope and then all of a sudden get, because of the wind, get smacked against the wall with a bicycle helmet because you'll do damage to your ears where this actually protects it. Um, you get three different types of helmets as well. You get a red one. You get a yellow one and you get a white one the white one's normally for the supervisor on the site the yellow one's for the workers and the red one is for the safety officer and that brings me to another point on every site you have to do what we call a safety file ever since 1994 when that stage collapsed i think president Mbeki was still in power and some there were people that got crippled this health and safety came into into fruition what they now do is we have to have a file We've got to note every single rope that we are using on that job. Each rope's got a serial number. We've got to keep a strict record of that rope, where it is, what it's doing. The same with the kit. If you look at the kit, I brought in a harness over here. It's got a number on it, okay? And that number as well. We can say this kit is being given today to Kayla, for an example. And for the year, Kayla will only use that kit. Nobody can use that harness. So all these, these checks and like you cannot believe with all of this. And as you can see, it's a very, very expensive kit. Uh, it's not something that you're going to buy over the counter. And you've got to be trained to use it all. I see these loops on the harness. What are these loops of rope here? Okay, so if you were wearing the harness and you're going to do a painting job, for example, okay, one of the things you would need is a bucket. So you would take a bucket, you would tie what they call ab cord on it, and you would tie that ab cord to one of these carabiners and then the carabiner would hook into the ring on the harness okay you mentioned the word ab cord what is an ab cord ab cord is about a six millimeter nylon rope that we tie because when you're going up one of the the biggest hazards that you've got is people can drop things whether it's a paintbrush whether it's a screwdriver so every item that you take up on the ropes with you must be tied and it must be attached to your harness because you can imagine if you're on the 20th floor and you drop a screwdriver it's a screwdriver but when that hits the bottom a it can kill somebody outright and it can be a serious projectile okay and you also said something about serial numbers on 
all of these things. Okay, what is a serial number? A serial number is a number. When you manufacture something, it gets its own unique number. Then what we do is we get a certificate with that, and that certificate has got that number, and we keep records with that. When we then do a safety file, a safety officer who's got so many years of training, I don't even go down that route because it's too complicated, he will then put a file together where you'll have a, ID numbers of, uh, copies of the ID of people that are working on the site. He'll have copies of their medicals. Now, their medicals have to be current, and they have to go every year for a medical. Then he must have a copy of their certificate that they are qualified to do rope access. And then any other, for example, per team of four that I've got, you've got one who is a first aider. So if anything should happen, he can assist. You've got one who's the safety officer. And you've got what they call a she-rep, which is also the safety officer. So you've always got that together. And all that is in that file. It's then got all the ropes, the certificates of all those ropes, the certificates of all the carabiners, of the harness, whatever you're going to use on that job is there. You've also then got all the um, paraphernalia on the material that you're using. So, for example, if you're using paint and it's a water-based paint and it goes into your eyes, we need to know immediately, or somebody needs to know immediately by looking at the safety file, how do you wash that out? Do you use terps or do you use water? And that's all in that safety file. Okay, and what is water-based paint? Okay, in the old days, all of our paint used to be based with oil. Okay, and they started taking it off the market, except they with the enamels. They're still using a bit of an oil base because... Remember, we are also, when you go into this sort of field, and it's like a jump from a small little business because you've got to be ISO accredited. You've got to try and get ISO accredited. And ISO, you've got ISO 9001, 14001, and 18001. 14001 is to do with health, with the, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, with the outside, with the rubbish, with the paper, and to make sure that you can get everything free. It must be green. That's what 14,001 is. So that's why they changed the paint from oil base to water base. Okay. And what are enamels? You said something okay. about When enamels. you're painting a house, and this is quite a good question because people think they can go to just paint a house. Oh, I'm getting my paint so much cheaper. But they must actually realize that the biggest job in painting a house or a building is the preparation. And if you don't do the preparation correctly, you're wasting your money. So for an example, there's cracks and you we, for example, take a high-pressure water hose and we'll wash the building down. All the bad um, concrete or, or plaster will fall off. We then replaster it with bonding liquid. You let that dry. You then get a special paint, which they call um, a primer for new plaster. You apply that. Then you apply your undercoat and then two coats of paint. Now, a lot of people will take shortcuts because they're not prepared to spend that type of money. But if you want the job done properly, do it properly from the word go. That, I think, is very, very important. I can see also these other things that you brought into studio. They look a bit like, I don't know, clips. Okay, so that's a stop. These, these are all different things that are attached to your, um, to your harness, which attach to the rope so that you can climb up and down. The one thing that I didn't bring here, which I see, is what they call an atria. An atria is a piece of rope that sends this, and it's got three spaces. And you put your foot into the one, and then you use the stop and you lift yourself up and then you heave yourself up, pushing down pressure on your leg and pulling yourself up. And that's how they actually can climb from ground floor to the 20th floor and vice versa. That is really, really cool. I also see this 
thing. It looks a bit like one part of handle of a. That's sword. another type of a stop. Another type Does of a stop. same same thing. And why is it bigger? Because like if bigger. you pass it to me a second, if you have a look at it, there's a, ha- a very big handle on the one side. So what you do is you clip your rope on over there. You can see it comes down, clips in there, and now when I'm ready to go, I move it up, which will push that down, move it up. The minute I stop, it will lock onto the rope, and I can heave myself up by pushing the foot as well and pulling with the arm. Wow. Um. I don't expect you to get it all today because it takes a, a full one-week course to get to know the equipment and how to actually utilize it. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. My name is Bruya Cat and I'm 11 years old. Let's carry on with the questions. I see over here that you do joint sealing. What is joint sealing? As I said earlier, when joint sealing is, if you build, if you look at buildings, they've got concrete slabs. Where they start building from the concrete to uh, brickwork, they call what they, is an expansion joint. We go in and we seal that because a lot of those joints actually leak. And they need to be waterproofed. So we go in and we seal that. That's the one type. The second type, as I said earlier on, was when it came to glass and windows with that rubber seal. That's also joint sealing. Okay. And glazing. Glazing. We're one of the very few companies that will actually fit glass no matter what height the building is. We will find a way to take the glass out and fit a new piece in, hanging off ropes. Really, really cool. And also bird proofing. Bird proofing. So if you drive around Santon or you drive around Glen Hazel, in fact, there are a lot of buildings that you see. There's a little silver thing that keeps spinning and nobody really knows that what that is. But one of the biggest things that happen are birds like to come and sit on high-purchased buildings and then they, uh, they do whatever they have to do there and they make a huge mess, which is actually quite poisonous as well. So what we found is you get what they call a bird spike, which is normal spikes in an X shape that we will put across the top of the wall where the birds are actually sitting. It's a, it doesn't do any harm to the birds. It just keeps them away. Alternatively, if it's underneath the roof where the eave is, then we have a bird net and we actually install this thin bird net so the birds can't get in there and do their damage. So that's, that's very interesting. And... What is core drilling? Okay, so I just did a job, for example, at the Addington Hospital in Durban where they installed a new generator for the hospital. And we had to fit the exhaust system up nine stories of building and through concrete pillars. So core drilling is a special machine made by Yilti that's got a special hole saw on it, depending on the size. And you actually drill through the concrete using water and this drill bit, and it makes a perfect circle of the size that you actually need so that you can slip your pipes through. That's really, really cool. And you mentioned generator. What is a generator? Okay, generator is, thanks to our country, we're having power failures all the time. So a generator, you switch it on or you connect it up to the hospitals or to the homes, and the minute the power goes out, the generator kicks in, and you've got electricity. It creates electricity for you. Oh, that's so cool. So I'm guessing hospitals also have generators. Most big companies today have got generators. All hospitals have got generators. 
Because you can imagine if you're in surgery and all of a sudden there's a power failure, what happens? So they've got backup devices, meaning generators. That is really, really clever. And what is signage? Signage, when you drive around, you see there's signs all over different buildings. I'm currently at the moment with a deal that I'm doing for SARS. I'm going around to all their buildings, and we're actually replacing all their SARS signs from the old to the new. So we take down the old sign, and we hang the new sign. Oh, okay. And one quick question. What is welding? Welding? Steelwork. Um, if you take Kusile uh, Power Station, for example, where my previous company worked, there was a lot of steelwork that had to be done above the boilers, um, which is part of the generation to create um, power. And that all had to be welded together. So it's instead of using glue, use welding rods, and you actually weld them together. Oh, okay.